Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to have fun today with this show. We're going to title it, Nothing Can Stop You Now. What do you think? Do you have obstacles that are holding you back? They may be external circumstances. It may be fear, low self-esteem, lack of confidence. What are the things that are holding you back? We're going to talk about nothing can stop you now. Our sponsor today is our friends at Audible. Audible, as you know, audible.com has over 150,000 book titles, the kind of things that I recommend week after week. I've got a title that you have to have. You'll know why as I get into our into the notes today that we're going to be covering. But you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and get a free download of a book. But hold on, don't do anything just yet. I want to tell you exactly what I'm going to recommend for you here in just a minute. Now, I'm not going to be talking about listener questions today. Every once in a while, there's just enough momentum for a particular theme. And today is going to be one of those days. I mentioned some time ago that I had pulled off the shelf the bound copy of my master's thesis. Didn't mean much back then. All I wanted to do was get that piece of paper they promised me and get out of there and get on with my life doing other things. But it really was pretty significant. And in recent months, really, it's come up repeatedly. I had a long conversation with my son, Jared, about it on the way back from Atlanta recently talking about it. We both got excited about it. I'm going to revive what I'd share with you, what I did in my master's thesis, why it really was important and how it kind of set the stage for the rest of my life in some ways. So I'm going to talk about what moves us towards self-improvement. How much does it cost to get the right training for personal success? And I hear from people all the time who say, well, gee, I'd love to go you know, workshops and seminars, but I can't afford it. Gee, I'd love to buy you know, your books and programs, but I can't afford it. I'd love to get coaching, but I can't afford it. And thus they just appear stuck, feel stuck, and excuse where they are. Well, we're going we're to take away the excuses today. How much coaching would you need to double your income? And then I've got five steps that will absolutely put you in the ranks of what I call Masters of Achievement. Now, here's our quotation for today. It's one I have printed off, printed in front of me right here at my computer. I look at it every day, multiple times. It comes from Proverbs. Proverbs 13:20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Well, that's pretty self-evident, isn't it? Well, let me tell you about the audible recommendation because I don't want to interrupt once I get going on this, my recommendation for you, go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and search for the strangest secret. This is the classic recording by Earl Nightingale, 37 minutes long, but it is golden. It is a key foundational piece to what started me on the path that I've been on many, many years ago. 
That's my recommendation. Audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Look for The Strangest Secret. I want it to do for you what it did for me. I have multiple copies around in my office today that people have been kind enough to share with me. Some are framed. Some go way back to the original version that I actually had. Well, to set the stage here, I want to tell you about my master's thesis. Now, this has been some time ago. I got my master's in clinical psychology at Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'd gone to the Ohio State University for my undergraduate degree, degree in psychology. Worked in a psychiatric hospital for four years and then decided to go back to school. Not because I was looking for a different job, but just the continued process of personal development. That's always been what draws me back to academic programs. Just the personal growth that can take place. But in doing so, Joanna and I also were ready to leave the cold winters of Ohio the gray, gray, dreary days that we seem to experience a lot. So we decided, well, if I'm going to go to school anyway, let's go to a school in kind of that belt where we always enjoyed traveling through Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. So I applied to five different schools, was accepted at all five and chose to go to Western Kentucky University. They provided me with a teaching assistantship, which erased my tuition, and I just fell in love with the campus and the people there, and we had a wonderful time there. So, as I was thinking about what I needed to do to get a master's thesis finished, and I wanted to get it finished in the same time frame as my academic courses, rather than adding on another year, you know, which I did, but this is back at a time when growth groups were very popular. My master's thesis was titled, The Experiential Gestalt Growth Group. Now, here's the, here's the premise. Through interactions with others, we can once again begin to learn not to be dependent or interdependent, or independent, rather, but interdependent. Now, groups, these gestalt growth groups, I don't know if you even, uh, some of you may be too young to remember the term, was very popular. We had a lot of these different terms for growth groups, but gestalt growth group was one that was very popular. And so that's what I named the groups that I was going to do as part of my research. These groups are small enough to encourage face-to-face interaction. Uh, They focus on the here and now behavior and feelings of group members. They encourage openness, honesty, interpersonal confrontation, self-disclosure, and strong emotional expression. And the goal is to increase self and social awareness by recognizing and overcoming the barriers to that awareness. Uh, You know, I mean, we, we can make them sound really, really sophisticated and cool. And they were. I mean, in these members were urged to be transparently real, trust their feelings, become more aware of their personal freedom and the responsibility associated with this. Now, here's the deal in terms of the research. Again, this was a research project. Results of all the growth group studies showed that this indeed did result in increased awareness, helping people more self-aware accepting responsibility, all those things occurred in these groups. And outside of that, they would test those who were not in the groups. And sure enough, they stayed kind of stuck in where they were. So you can imagine the popularity of these groups with these clear benefits being derived. So I promoted, I made up a a one-page flyer and passed it around on the campus. Boy, when I look back on it, 
I mean, it was not sophisticated. This was back before we had fancy graphic design programs, and it was pretty elementary. But, you know, back even then, I had an eagle coming out of the side of it. You know, eagles have been kind of a consistent theme for me. I love the symbolism of those who go higher and don't need a crowd to encourage them. They just go, and it kind of uh, grabs the essence of what I'm going to share with you here. So I promoted this growth group opportunity, Gestalt Growth Group, on the campus of Western Kentucky. Kentucky University. In my final year, my master's in clinical psychology, groups of 10 people would then be meeting one afternoon a week from three to five o'clock for nine weeks. So volunteers consisted of males and females ranging from freshmen to graduate students and from age 18 to 28. So the day that we met all these volunteers, people who were excited about being in the groups, I split the group just randomly split them randomly in half and formed four groups. Two of those were immediately scheduled for the group process. And the other two were told they would begin after the first nine week period concluded. So at that point, all participants were given the personal orientation inventory, the POI sophisticated instrument that was supposed to measure self-actualization. So everybody, everybody was tested. Then we started the groups. I conducted the groups, meeting with the participants, I mean, pouring myself into helping them remove barriers, increase awareness, and accept responsibility. At the end of the nine weeks, we readministered the personal orientation inventory, and yes, success. Awesome. My participants did show statistically significant increases in self-actualization and acceptance of personal responsibility. We also administered that inventory again on the control group. Again, these were people who had not had the privilege of being in the groups. They had just volunteered. And then we told them they were going to have to wait the nine weeks and then we'd start them, which we did. So in those two groups of those unfortunate souls who were told they had to wait, they were given again, the personal orientation inventory. And guess what? They too showed significant increases in that same time frame, even though they were not privileged to be in my sophisticated and exclusive gestalt growth groups. Well, what about that? See, the key element seems to be a person's desire for self-improvement, not a fancy and perhaps expensive process to facilitate that growth. The distinguishing factor was the control group for previous studies had not volunteered for the process. They were simply matched for age and gender. So just think about that. So I had 40 students that showed up. But now if we had put all 40 of those students who volunteered, who said, yes, I want to be in that kind of a growth group. We put those through and we went out on campus and randomly selected matched on age and gender, a control group. But see, we're missing a key element there. It's not just the same people. It's people who had the desire. That is the key issue. And that is the key factor that opens the door for self-improvement. Now, what are the implications of that? I mean, it means if a person is de desiring personal improvement, nothing can stop them. They'll find other methods of growth, even if they don't have access to seminars, coaches, workshops, instructional manuals, product launches, universities, and the latest secrets being revealed. Now that is really significant. I mean, we hear from people every day who say, well, yeah, I'd love to, you know, be growing and developing and getting rid of barriers and obstacles in my life, but I don't have any money. 
I can't afford to do all those things and open it. Well, guess what? It's not money and fancy processes. Now, certainly, I mean, I love the fact that people want coaching and, and I do that. I mean, I continue. There's nobody that goes to more seminars and workshops than I do or that reads more or that gets more coaching. I always have coaches that I'm working with people that are coaching me. And incidentally, if you ever go to a coach, that's a legitimate question. Ask them who's coaching you person says, oh, I haven't had aiding coaching for 20 years. You, and that's a red flag. Well, that's another story we could go down, but the key is if you have a clear desire, nothing can stop you. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my own self-improvement journey. When I was 13 years old, poor farm kid in Ohio, I somehow got a hold of the little, it's, it, it actually is a 33 and a third RPM. You'll hear in the recording here in a little bit, I refer to it as 45, but it was a 33 and a third RPM record. And that little record was called, that, that means it was a small one. It's like a 45, but instead of having a big hole in the center, it had a tiny one. Now, again, some of you listening have never seen such an animal, but they did exist out there. And it was recording by Earl Nightingale called The Strangest Secret. It was the first audio recording where that was not music, just a spoken word that went on to sell over 100,000 copies. And of course, it went on to do millions beyond that. But that became the first product of that wonderful company out of Chicago called Nightingale Conant. And they went on to produce the best teachings of people that I refer to as masters of achievement. I mean, people like Napoleon Hill, Dennis Waitley, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Robert Allen, Jay Abraham, Jack Canfield. I mean, th those guys became my virtual mentors. People that I never met, but I could access their spoken word access their teachings regardless now here's one of the things about the way i grew up we hear a lot about the disadvantages of being poor yeah man life is really tough i mean i remember when we had one cow the first cow we got that we milked by hand i usually got one pair of blue jeans for christmas as the only christmas gift we got running water inside our house when I was in about the eighth grade. We had no radio, no TV. A part of that was probably not just economic, but because of my parents' strict religious beliefs, we didn't have any of that. Boy, was I disadvantaged. Poor little farm kid. Well, you know what? Not having radio and TV drove me to books. I got books from the library. I became a voracious reader, a love that continues to serve me pretty well today. I learned from these guys. I learned principles that opened the door of opportunity, opened the door of belief for me, where I'd be riding around out in a field on our old Ford tractor, you know, and I'd be thinking, you mean I really can have a life different from what seems to be destined for me? I really can go more, do more, be more, have more than what I see in front of me? And that became a very foundational belief. I mean, the key principle in that strangest secret record is you become what you think about. That's it. Six words. We become what we think about. And I thought if I can control what goes into my mind, I can direct how my life is going to unfold. The first house Joanne and I had, we got married young. You've probably heard me talk about that. The first house we had, 
Now, it was a house on wheels, so you know what it really was. It was a trailer. It cost me $1,245. That's right. That was our house we lived in for the first four years of our marriage. Cost me $1,245. Now, we parked that puppy on a lot just on the edge of the Ohio State University campus. So the entire trailer lot, trailer park, let's see, trailer park. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, I'm in Tennessee. I don't know what that is. The trailer park was right on the edge of campus and it was full of college students. So, you know, doors were open all the time. We borrowed things from each other, studied together, talked. But these are people who are eager to learn, seekers. I mean, it was a great environment. Our lot rent, to have the privilege of having it there that included also water and sewage, was $27.50 a month. That's what it cost us, our lot rent. That was our rent, $27.50. Incidentally, I kept that trailer for four years. Our first baby was born in there. I built a crib over the wheel well that was exposed in the inside of that thing. That was, that was his crib. Kevin, our oldest son, was born there. We loved that environment. We loved that house. You know, today I see kids get married and they want a half million dollar house and two Mercedes in the driveway in week one. I'm thinking, whoa, you know, what's, what's the learning curve here? How do you, how do you, what do you expect to have to look forward to if you start out like that? Plus with that usually comes unreasonable debt. Uh, Joanna and I didn't start out that way. We paid for our first house. I've never had a car payment. We drive any kind of car that we want. I love fancy cars, but I've never had a car payment. Just never understood of the, the different feeling that would come from knowing I owed the bank for the car rather than owning it myself. Well, we started attending seminars and workshops. Now, the way we did that was by offering to work at setup or selling product. And in doing so, we met people like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, served them well by introducing people to their many products. So if we saw that they were going to come to town, wherever we we're happening, happening to live at the time, and we've lived in a lot of different places, but you know, they were going to come to town. We'd contact their team in advance and say, look, we're, we love their material. We're fans. We can talk about it with enthusiasm. We'd love to work the table for you. We'd just like to get into the event free. And we did that again and again and again at expensive events all over the country. Where we did, that's how we got into them. There's a lot of other, there's other ways that I've gone to seminars, even in recent years where I go and because I refer other people there, I get an affiliate fee that more than covers my expense, not only for the seminar, but all my travel expenses as well. Been a very common process for me. But we began spending time with people who are already achieving at the level that I wanted to achieve. Five years ago then, Nightingale Conant approached me. I mean, I had never talked to him. I had always just absorbed their material, getting those six cassette programs for the most part and then of course it moved to cds in later years but i was just a just a customer i loved their material but they approached me said they had already tested my material being familiar with the things that i had put out at that point on their audience and asked if i would be willing to come to chicago and record a six-hour program called dream job i was thrilled to do that i mean they were great to work with and that program continues to do very well Incidentally, last year, they sent me a list of the top 30 customer-rated programs. So these were their customers that rated their programs. Again, 
Keep in mind, The Strangest Secret was the very first product, the one that had a profound impact on me, that went on to sell millions of copies, just a, just a real classic work by Earl Nightingale. But then they had been in business at that point for almost 50 years. Well, actually, they had been in business for 50 years, so they had tons of programs by well-known people like Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, Roger Dawson, Bob Proctor, and a whole lot of other people. So they sent me a list of the top 30 or the top 30 ranked programs. Number three on that list is Dream Job by Dan Miller. And irony of ironies, number four on the list of their top rated programs based on customer feedback was The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. So there I was just one notch ahead of their landmark program and the one that started me on this amazing journey. Now, two years ago, they asked if I would be a part of a 50-year celebration, giving a three-minute overview of a principle that fueled my success. I was delighted to do that, and I'm extremely honored to be in a list of their 25 best-selling authors on one CD, where we all give just a brief principle that fueled our success. And that list does include Dennis Waitley, John Kumata, Brian Tracy, Roger Dawson, Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, Joe Polish, and Dan Miller. And a few others. I love having the opportunity to do that. And it started from me, the door being opened where I didn't see any obstacles for me moving into the ranks of the same kind of people whose success I admired. Now, here's that clip. I'm going to play that little three minute clip that's part of that 50 year anniversary CD celebration of the top selling authors of Nightingale Kona. And you hear a little bit of my story where I talk about, obviously, their first product, which is what, in fact, motivated me and I think really fueled my success. Hi, this is Dan Miller, author of the Nightingale Conant program, Dream Job. I've had the pleasure of being a life coach for many years now, helping people through the inevitable work and career transitions that come our way. I love my work, and I spend my time helping others find or create work that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. And yes, no matter where we are in an economic cycle, I believe it's possible to do just that. And here's why I believe that's possible. I was raised in a dairy farm in rural Ohio. My father, besides being a farmer, was also the pastor of a little Mennonite church in our one traffic light town. Now, this interesting combination gave me a unique perspective on the world. I was not allowed to join in with many of the other activities of the other kids in town. See, going to ball games, swimming pools, proms, dances, and free time were not allowed. Fancy cars, TVs, current fashions, and other worldly possessions were absolutely forbidden. Yet in that environment, nothing could stop my mind from wandering. Out in the fields, I imagined a world I had never seen. I wanted to do more, go more, have more, and be more than anything I was seeing. Somehow in that restricted little world, when I was about 13 years old, I was able to get a copy of that 45 RPM recording by Earl Nightingale titled The Strangest Secret. Here I heard this gravelly-voiced man say that I could be more and do more by simply changing my thinking. He talked about six words that could dramatically impact the results of my best efforts. We become what we think about. Thus, I was responsible for my future. Not the economy, not my family traditions, not the fact that I was seemingly stuck on a poor little farm, not even my IQ or academic training. 
I recognize that if we become what we think about, even my possibilities were limitless. Knowing this radical way of thinking would not be welcome in my house, I hid that little record under my mattress, bringing it out night after night again to hear the promises of a better life. And my peers were probably hiding their girly magazines under their beds, but this message of hope and opportunity is what captured my attention and imagination. I am responsible for the life I create. That one principle changed my life forever. Although I did encounter obstacles in getting through college, and I did experience a horrible business crash following one of the economic downturns, I have never been able to point fingers of blame at anyone or anything but the guy in the mirror. And knowing that I am responsible has been the key to not only recovering, but springing back to higher levels of success following those trying times. I've been privileged to share that principle with others and to see them break the change of discouragement, resentment, and depression. I've worked with physicians, dentists, pastors, and CEOs who felt trapped by life's circumstances only to discover the thrill of releasing their own creative options for a more fulfilling life. Thanks for allowing me to share my greatest lesson. Well, there you go. I love being part of that project. Loved having to rethink. What is it that has helped me along the way? And of course, I have shared that message time and time again. Again, I encourage you to go back and listen to The Strangest Secret yourself and hope it has the same impact on you that it had on me, no matter where you are chronologically. If you, I mean, you don't have to be 13 years old. Now, I love exposing my children and grandchildren to that message and have certainly done that. But no matter where you are, You know, it's never too late to have a new beginning. So access that, see what it can do for you. So I'm going to wrap up here. You know, I believe it's not luck. It's not circumstances. It's not being in the right place at the right time. I am responsible for the life I create. I can dream, imagine, plan, and act. Now here are seven steps I recommend to immediately put you on the path for self-actualization and personal growth and things that don't cost you anything. Number one, list the obstacles that are holding you back. Then burn that list and take full responsibility for the life you are living. Number two, identify and focus in on your desire for personal growth. Number three, spend time with people who are already performing at the level at which you want to perform. And today I do have a 48 days mastermind. I love hearing the stories from people in there about the power of the relationships being formed. And one of the members recently said, you know, the monthly fee that we pay is a cheap price to pay to be around the right people. Another lady added, you can't put a price tag on having people pray for you, support you and have your back. Well, number four in my list, control what you let into your eyes and ears. Yes, we can do that. We aren't forced to have the TV on or the radio on in our car. We aren't forced to be around negative, complaining, whining people. We can choose what we allow into our eyes and ears. Number five, spend 30 minutes a day reading or listening to clean, pure, positive, inspirational input. The resources are limitless. You can listen to TED Talks on YouTube. You can pull up any of the author's that I mentioned already and have access to thousands of hours of material. You can choose 
10 great podcasts that week after week after week bring the kind of material that I'm talking about into your mind, into your brain, into your ears. Do that. Number six, write down what you want your life to look like three years from today. Number seven, dream, plan, act. You know, we have a new bronze eagle here on our property at the sanctuary that we have named Athena. And now we have miniatures made of that. And on the base, the walnut base of each of the miniatures, it says dream, plan, act. What I want you to do and point number seven, dream, plan, act, and expect the life you want to come into view. Well, nothing can stop you. No, I really believe that. If you have a clear, focused desire for self-improvement, nothing can stop you. It doesn't matter if you live a privileged life in New York City or if you live in a ghetto in Nairobi, Kenya. Nothing can stop you if you have a clear desire to move forward. Remember our quotation for today, and we'll end with that. Our quotation, again, from Proverbs thirteen twenty said, Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm well this has been a little bit different a little shorter than usual that's okay just kind of captures a message i've been eager to share had some requests after i had mentioned it earlier my old master's thesis kind of came back to life came full circle i see the impact and the validity of what we were studying back then thanks for being in this crowd of people who in fact are finding or creating the life you love. Have a great week.